What's up, Literacy Advocates? I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Michelle Robinson. She is an elementary school librarian in Long Island. She's been in education for 14 years, having served pre-K to five. She has eight years as a classroom teacher. She has two masters, one in elementary education and one in library science. She's the president of the SSLMA, and she's won the Western Suffolk Boasties Model School Grant three times. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Michelle, I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, we are going to be getting into some, uh, just a conversation around how new librarians, how you think new librarians should get started in their schools. Um, but before we get into that, uh, you said that I, originally I had wrote that you won this grant twice and you were like, no, three times now. I just won <laughs> it again. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to talk about um like, first of all, how do, how have you managed to win this grant three times? And then I'm curious where, like, how you typically use it. Um, so twice I have won a grant with a grant, believe it or not. So um, I hit the ground running once I got to my school district, which I, this is my fourth year there. Um, and I, I kind of thought about what we were missing, what kind of lessons I wanted to do. Um, so before I was president of SSLMA, I um, sent an application for one of their grants because I had this vision of doing coding with kindergartners. Yes. And having a young child I at love home, that. yeah, gives a lot of inspiration. So my son had the Fisher-Price Coda Pillar. So that was kind of my, my starting point. I was like, oh, I need these in my library. Um, so I wound up winning that grant and was able to get things like the Coda Pillars and the Code and Go Mice and all sorts of different things that were for the little ones. Yeah. So once I did my lesson, I entered that into the Model Schools grant and that was my first year winning it. Um, so then my second year winning it, um, I tied it into literacy. So we read She Made a Monster, which was about how Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein. Okay. And the kids used Buncey to create their own monsters. And they were What's phenomenal. Buncey? Buncey is a creation tool for students. So we had used it for book reports. So the kids were used, uh, had to read a scary book, like a horror, of the horror genre, the science fiction genre. And with Buncey, you create these Buncey boards where you can put text and pictures and all sorts of different cool things. Um, but there's also a drawing tool and there's, you can add clip art. And I said, let's make monsters with them. And it's amazing to me when I do these types of activities because my students always, like I have a vision for what it should be in my head. And it, they just go so far above what I even imagined it could be. Um, so that was, the lesson I submitted the second time, which I won, um, which was when our school was shut down. So that yeah. was such a huge, like, it was such a rough time. And to have won it a second year was incredible. Yeah. And then this year I tied it to literacy again and won a grant with a grant because I had purchased um, Sphero bolts, the big ones. Um, and I said, I read Dasher by Matt Tavares about how Santa wound up having reindeer pull his sleigh. And I said, what if the kids do like a makerspace STEM kind of activity where they build reindeer out of cups and um, pipe cleaners and popsicle sticks and use the spheros to fly the reindeer? Okay. And it was phenomenal. 
Like what's they, a Sphero bolt? Isn't Sphero so, the company that made those BB-8s? Yes. Okay. So they're these, they're, they come in different sizes. So our PTA had bought us the minis, which are tiny, which were great. Um, but I want the Sphero bolts you can do more with. So yeah. these are the bigger ones. So they're a spherical robot that you can code or you can just drive them around. Got it. And I always like, like I have so much makerspace stuff, but I don't want it to just sit there and pull out for makerspace. I want to be able to tie it to curriculum. Yeah, for um, sure. So this was a way to do that. And it, the kids were amazing. And I told them there was no failing in this. Like, mm -hmm. if you need it, this is your creation. And if you need to change it along the way, that's fine. And we use the engineering design process. And just to see them say, oh, maybe if I flex this pipe cleaner up, or maybe if I remove this popsicle, it was incredible. So yeah. that was this, I had submitted that lesson. And that was I, the one I won with this year. So it was another grant it. with a grant. What were you saying about 3D printers that you you bought 3D printers and you like regretted it? It's not that I regretted it. So <laughs> um, so you when I first won, the first thing I had purchased for our library was a 3D printer. And I've tied it to social studies with the fifth graders both times. Um, so it's they had last year they created um, Aztec, Incan and Mayan artifacts. This year they're creating things that have to do with their European explorer research however uh -huh. it has caused me to become a 3d printer repair person <laughs> yeah so i had to do a lot of their pain in the butt i don't have a background in any of this i just bought yeah. a 3d printer and was like all right let's go let's yeah. you know and now it's like all right i gotta you know heat up the extruder and i've got to remove all this stuff and i gotta yes. so it's taken up a lot of time Somebody like, needs to make an extremely user-friendly uh, yes. 3D printer because I haven't heard of one. <laughs> and I just need directions because like this isn't my area. So I need somebody to say these words really simply <laughs> yeah. so that I like, you know, step one, do this with the thing that looks like this. So yeah, yeah. It, it's been oh, a man. blessing and a curse a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. It's going to kind of bleed into what we're talking about today, too. So we're talking, I, last time we talked, I asked you what a recent epiphany you've had that you share with a lot of uh, new librarians. And then that just kind of got us jamming on, let's say I'm listening to this episode and I'm a new librarian. What is your, uh, what is your advice for me? Like, what's your, what's your biggest piece of advice? It's, don't try to do everything at once because you're going to want to, and you're going to join Facebook groups and you're going to see what other librarians are doing. And you're going to make lists of all those things. And you're going to try to do them all at once. Yeah. I mean like the Bitmoji libraries and, and getting things like makerspace started and a book club and first chapter Fridays, and you're going to see all these things and you're going to want to do them all at once. And yeah. you're going to get overwhelmed, especially if it's your first year. Yeah, I'm guilty of uh, promoting this as well, because on the podcast, you know, one of the questions I ask is, uh, what's something that you think everyone should start doing that they're probably not doing? I ask that question a lot. I, I've asked that question to media specialists and boom, I, we get more stuff to throw onto that pile of all of what I what I call the mountain of shoulds. And I, everybody has a mountain of shoulds. Uh, like you tell somebody what you do for a living and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you should. Fill in the blank Absolutely. there. And then I, I've gotten in the habit of just saying, all right, I'm going to add that to my mountain of shoulds. Now, should it go, you know, above this thing or below this thing? Because <laughs> there's just so much that is important to do. So then I asked you, um, okay, 
Well, how should a new librarian start? Like, what do you think is uh, like a, a guide for how to begin as a new librarian and be very, very successful? What do you think are the first things that you should do? Start with the kids, always. Um, that's number one is, I remember my very first year as a librarian and one of the kids asked me, um, I love Charlie Bones series. What else should I read? And I was like a deer in headlights. So first of all, get to know what your kids love to read. Yeah. Um, second of all, know your collection. If you have gaps in your collection, if you're missing fly guy books, if you're missing, um, if your chapter books are not up to speed, um, if you still have those biographies from the nineties, um, in your collection, like the ones with Leo DiCaprio and Prince William and, and Britney Spears, <laughs> uh -huh. like that's where you have to start is a getting to know your collection and b getting to know your kids as readers. Yeah. yeah. Um, wh when it comes to knowing kids and getting to know your collection and figuring out what you should buy, um, how do you typically like, like really break it down? Like step one, do what you just start talking to all the students and be like, what books do you like? Sort of. Um, so what I tell the kids first week of school is this is our library. This isn't my library just because I'm the librarian. Let me know what books you think we should have in our library that other students might want to read that you enjoy reading. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely first. Um, the second thing is most catalogs are automated now. So if you have a chance um, and your school district has the library catalog on um, their website, start searching, yeah. see what's there, what's not. Um, that definitely helped. And my kids still know, I've been in my building four years and my kids still come up to me and say, you know what we need in the library? Um, I had it right before break, one of my boys said, we are missing the upside down magic series. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I, <laughs> I mean, I have post-its everywhere. You, eventually they get to a spreadsheet um, also a lot of the, the book, um, sellers, you can start making a list, which is definitely easier than having a running, um, spreadsheet. Yeah. So, you know, that's a way to organize yourself so you don't get too overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, there's a misconception that you shared with me that, um, a lot of folks have about school librarians that it's just about reading books to the kids. And so often, uh, you're the first to get pulled to sub. What are your thoughts about that? The library is the heart of the school. Like a lot of people have this antiquated vision of libraries where it's a lot of shushing and a lot of just reading. And it's so far beyond that now, you know, libraries yeah. are research and, um, readers advisory and, you know, helping teachers and faculty and staff with, with finding resources they need instead of just telling their students to Google it. Um, also yeah. during the pandemic, I mean, I, I was getting emails and texts left and right from teachers in my building who weren't as fit. I had been using Flipgrid for years um, before the pandemic, but yeah. now I was helping people in my building figure that out so we're yeah. you know we're equal parts you know helping students find the books they love and tech support sometimes and researchers um where did you did has somebody said the library is the heart of the school or did you just coin that just now no i've seen it 
I can definitely <laughs> not take credit for that. Has somebody not made a t-shirt out of that? Because if they haven't, I'm going to. I Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. T-shirt is uh, coming it, soon. So I mean. The library is the heart of the school. Uh, if I can't find who coined it, <laughs> I'm going to be quoting you on it, Michelle. All right. There you go. Um, uh, I, I asked you one other question in our last conversation, and that was that from your perspective as a librarian, what are some things that you wish more teachers would be doing? Asking for help, asking, like asking for help with finding, um, websites to research instead of just saying, Google it, that could be dangerous. Um, I never let my students just Google it. You're opening up a can (laughs) of worms. Um, the other big thing is I wish more teachers would read the books that their students are interested in. Yeah. This is huge grade level. Yep. Um, get to know your students as readers. How big of a problem would you say that is? teachers not knowing their their grade levels um top books i mean i get a lot of pushback on graphic novels so really still right there yes today yes huge um so i think just and and i'm not a graphic novel reader per se but i i've i've read a few of them just because you know what kind of pushback are you getting like what are you hearing i've done a couple episodes on this podcast about graphic novels that they're too easy i think i think people think they're too easy and I mean, Dogman has some higher level vocabulary in there. I mean, so they... there's a sense in which they are easier. You know, I have I have ADHD. I'll read right. a graphic novel so much faster and 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 like easier than a pick than a than a novel. Right. Um, it takes it takes a really good novel to hang on to my attention. Uh, so in one sense, they are easier. Um, well, but it... I had a t- just to go just ahead to point out yeah. something on that. I had attended a nerd camp a few years ago where Rob Vlock, who writes the Sven Carter series, I hope I'm getting that right. Um, he had said that chapter books can look so overwhelming. Um, but if you break it up one chapter at a time for kids, like they look at this book and they're like, oh my gosh, 400 pages. But a lot of times if you present it to them as one chapter at a time, it can it can be more palatable for them. What are you doing? Literally just like... Um... Like, is it, are you saying like, send them like an ebook basically of just one chapter? Well, what I do is I do first chapter Fridays. So I'll read one chapter of a book mm-hmm. to them and yeah. that kind of grabs them. Yeah. And if they want to read it, they can put it on hold. First chapter Friday is such a brilliant idea. I've talked to a few it teachers is. that do it and I think it's absolutely so brilliant. How many weeks are there in the school year? 40. Yeah. So that's 40 first chapters of mm-hmm. books that's incredible because guaranteed they're they're gonna want to read at least something from that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and i try to change up the genres and there are some books that i've done that are not my like horror and science fiction are not really my genre uh-huh. but there are some books that i've read to my kids where i'm like wow this is exciting i may have to pick this one up yeah it's and it's a great way for you the teacher to get to know the books that are at your grade level Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that is a, it's such a good idea. Um, Michelle, uh, I appreciate so much you taking the time to be on this podcast. Um, how should listeners connect with you? Um, I am on Twitter at Mrs. R library. Awesome. Cool. I'm already connected with you. So, uh, so I'll be DMing you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This was great. Thanks for having me.